Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Sun, coming to you live from Tower Studios. I'm JT, and as always, I'll be your tour guide as we explore the unexplained. Well, here we are, folks. I'm back for another episode of the Paranormal Sun. This is the second half of the interview that I did with the lovely Susie Kerr-Wright. Unfortunately, Susie is no longer with us, and anyone who's been listening, you'll understand that uh, this has taken quite a toll for me to uh, see a guest that I had a lot of fun with pass away, and you'll see we had a good bit of banter in the second half of this episode. I'm very thankful I got to spend those five-plus hours with Susie. But yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said I don't wish she was here and uh, that I could have her back on the program. We had a plan to add her to the yearly predictions panel, and unfortunately that will not come to pass. But I definitely enjoyed the time that I spent with Susie. I'm sure that you will agree as you listen to this. For my fellow podcasters who reached out to me and said, JT, you really did Susie justice. It was a great episode. We enjoyed it, and you did a really good job presenting it. Thank you, because honestly, that means a ton to me. Uh, Especially, I just want to mention Al Cooley at uh, the Ghosts in the Valley podcast. And Al has been doing this kind of stuff, doing video and everything else for... He did a documentary... Uh, He's been doing this for, what, uh, Al, I think it's about 40 years. So, Al, honestly, thank you. It really meant a lot when you reached out to say that to me. Because, like I say, um, it's not that I haven't dealt with death and I haven't dealt with people who passed away. But, uh, yeah, when you meet someone and you just kind of gel and you think, oh, this would be a great person to have back in in the future, and then you find out not too long after that that they've passed away, and especially when you've had a loved one that uh, is uh, was pretty close to uh, being in serious strife as well. Yeah, uh, I'd be lying if I told you that, yeah, it doesn't affect me, because it definitely has. Aside from that, though, like I say, I'm really happy that I could present it. And one of the things that Susie said in this episode, and it's really stuck with me. Susie said, I don't want to leave anything on the table when I'm gone when I basically called her a renaissance woman and was just saying about all the different things she's done. And it really got me to thinking. I mean, those of you that know me well know that I've been doing some introspective thought in recent weeks. And yeah, it just got me thinking. And in combination with a few other things, I had already decided this, but I just want to announce it now. I'm rebooting The Fortunate Sun. So that is the original podcast that led to The Paranormal Sun. I talked about it in the past, and basically what I'm going to do is it's just going to be guests only at this point, friends of the program, people I've met, and really great inspirational stories out there, some people that are just great human beings on top of everything else, and I want to have them on for conversations, have a bit of fun, and just talk about some things that hopefully will help people who listen. So I've already... Got a recording done with the first guest, and uh, that is a guest of another podcast that you've heard me mention before many times called Zen Sandwich. So Mark Reed will be the first guest, and I do plan to have that out in the very near future. I've got to get this episode released, which I will be doing in the next few hours, and then uh, I'll worry about uh, just kind of roughly editing 
my uh, conversation with Mark and getting it out there. So yeah, the whole idea with The Fortunate Son is I'll go through and I'll do a little bit of rough editing, but it's pretty much going to be warts and all, unless there's something really bad. I'm not going to go through it with a fine tooth comb. And we're just going to do our best to, to get it out there. I've got three or four other guests uh, that want to come on, and we're just lining up times and that. So we'll be doing some more recordings, and I'll be getting those out. The plan for The Fortunate Son is just release as I can release. So there'll be no set schedule. I want to get the Paranormal Sun back to a weekly release. That's what I'm aiming for. So, uh, yeah, um, we should be able to achieve that. Uh, when I say we, I mean me and my mini alter egos. It's still only me, and that's that's fine. I'm just saying it is the one-man band. But uh, you'll be happy to know that the next episode, I will guarantee you, the next episode will be Betty and Barney Hill, the third part of the Betty and Barney Hill saga. And uh, I can guarantee you that that will be the next episode, unless I get to come on the air and announce something like, oh, I don't know, a flying saucer has landed in the yard and I'm going to go for a spin. <laughs> Short of anything kind of astounding happening. In the meanwhile, that will definitely be your next episode. And I will get that to you as soon as I can. Over this long Easter weekend, at least for those of us in countries where it's stat holidays, not for me. I don't, <laughs> I don't get paid for any holidays uh, or paid full stop, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, for those of you that are listening from countries like the UK, Australia, New Zealand, etc., over this long Easter weekend, I'm going to try and get you out a bonus episode as well. So yeah, folks, um, I've said it before. Um, my condolences to Susie's husband and her family and friends and loved ones. I did uh, reach out to Susie's husband just to offer him my condolences, number one. Number two, if he would like the raw audio of our conversation, unedited, well, I'm happy to uh, send it through to him. And also to just let him know that this interview is out there in the ether of the internet, because I don't know about you, but if someone had a recording of my loved one that had passed and I had the chance to at least be able to listen to it, I would love to have that opportunity because especially hearing Susie laughing and, and joking and having a lot of fun and talking about what she really loved. I mean, to me, I couldn't, I like I say, I didn't know Susie for a long time, but I couldn't imagine that you could have a better recording of someone than having them talk about what they're really passionate about, what they really love. I mean, um, fingers crossed, my friends, I'm here for a good long time. But when it's my time to shuffle off this mortal coil, I do hope that uh, my family and friends and my loved ones will take some solace knowing that at least they can go and find me online, a hundred and something plus episodes and counting. And uh, yeah, being listened to all over the world, it's really been humbling. So like I say, to each and every one of you who's been reaching out and checking up on me, thank you. Uh, I do appreciate it, and I'm very much going to be head down in the trenches for the next few weeks, trying to get as much done as I can for the show. Um, yeah, so if I don't get right back to you right away, or I give you kind of a brief email or reply, just know that it's because I'm just trying to focus on getting some new content out there for all of you. 
Yeah, aside from that, my friends, uh, thank you. Like I say, just thank you so much. And I hope that you have a great day wherever you are. I hope you enjoy this episode. I did get to fulfill one promise to Susie that I couldn't fulfill for her in life. I told her um, in our interview, and it's here, you'll hear it in this episode, she mentioned that her friend was on Art Bell, and that Art Bell, her friend got Art, told Art uh, that it was Susie's birthday, and that Art sang happy birthday to her as they went off the air. And I really wanted to get that for Susie, because I do have all of Art's episodes archived, and... Yeah, I I do feel a bit bad because I didn't get to do it while she was living. However, I have included that small clip in this episode. And so, in a way, I feel that I've fulfilled that promise to Susie anyway. And Susie, wherever you are out there in the cosmos, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to have this excellent conversation with me. It's uh it was really really a uh, a moment I'll always cherish. And folks, I'm sorry. I always try and be honest with you, but I am tearing up a bit as uh, as I'm saying this in the studio. So, again, thank you so much for everyone who's reached out, and uh, thank you for your kind words. And, yeah, just thank you, take care, and I will talk to you very soon. The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Paranormal Sun are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint or the position of JT, the Paranormal Sun, or Tower Studios New Zealand. That's a perfect segue for one of the questions I do have here, and I know that you've kind of covered this over already, but do you have spirits talk to you at random? Like, Do they just kind of, outside of you actually kind of having a session with someone do you just have do you have spirits just randomly want to talk to you and and do you see them or is it much more kind of a sense feeling thing for you for for many many years it was a a seeing and I did not like it I did not want any part of it and then when I really buckled down and decided to like okay maybe I need to figure out like how to communicate with these people I have no idea right it was always just ghosts just popping up and I sometimes I didn't I didn't mind like if I was doing an investigation or something I wouldn't I wouldn't mind you know having something pop up and I would literally see full bodied apparitions. When I started studying mediumship, it became more controllable, I guess you could say. And now my experiences are pretty much like I sense them. It's it's so hard. It's you know JT. It's like mediumship is like having synesthesia. You know what that is? No, I've heard the term, but... Okay, you can smell sounds. You can feel right, colors. You right. can... It's like your senses get crossed all up. Using language to explain what it is that, that I experience as a medium is, is kind of difficult. It's like I always feel like I have to qualify because like I was very exacting people and I want to <laughs> be exactly right. So I kind of see or feel things in my mind's eye. And as far as spirits just showing up, Yes, that can happen, but one of the things that I always tell my students is like, don't, you know, just because you see something or feel something does not mean that you should say something. And there's an example of that where it was, I was really, really tired one day and I just went, was kind of zoning out. I was, I was literally at the nail salon. Don't judge me. And, um, (laughs) sitting next to this woman. And I, I mean, literally, I was so zoned out. I, I really, my guard wasn't up and I just feel this person come and stand kind of between me and this lady and, and I'm 
and she, and she's just talking to her nail tech. I don't even know what she's saying. And and then all of a sudden she starts talking about her dad who just died. And I'm like, oh snap. I'm like, okay, what do I do? And, and I was just like, spirit, just show me. Because I had enough experience in this to know that you don't just go, oh, hi, lady sitting next to me. You know, I have your dead dad here. It's very invasive. It's very wrong. Like, Teresa Caputo's made a career out of doing that. But trust me, these things are set up ahead of time. I, I just don't. There's releases that are signed. I mean, these people don't randomly know that this is, you know, or they're, they're not being randomly approached. <laughs> you know? right, right. I don't believe, I don't know. Somebody could tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. I don't know anything. But so this guy is standing there and I can, and I can feel him and I can almost even see him. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And so concerning what she was saying, you know, there was something going on there. And I kept thinking, is this the moment where I'm supposed to say something? Is this the moment? And I was like, spirit, just, you have to tell me because... I don't do this, you know. And then she started talking about her religious beliefs. She was like, if I had said, your dead dad's here standing next to you, I don't know what she would have done. She might have got up and run. She probably would have. I mean, it was not appropriate. And so I was really glad I didn't say anything. And so that's, you know, that was probably, that. that's a very rare happening where you get somebody and I'll just feel it so strongly. And, but I mean, when I really started listening to her conversation, it was really clear that that would have been highly inappropriate to do right you gotta you gotta think about who you're dealing with between friends yeah if i'm talking to somebody and they're like oh yeah here you know so-and-so's here you know whatever um but yeah it's pretty much i kind of turn it up and down right and uh i'm gonna do a session i open to and that that's another reason why i like i have different readings that I do like if you if you're going to do like a psychic reading that's going to be about you and I keep the mediumship reading separate because once I open the spirit I get like a lot of them coming through right I don't it's really hard for me to just go okay time's up gotta go it's like it's like I want a lot of time to sit and bring through as many as I can and like just kind of let them guide the way see for me I've I've mentioned a little bit of it on the program but I haven't I've gone into details about one particular instance. I've lived in several homes with spirits. I say spirits because, honestly, like I say, with an open mind, I don't know what they were. But I know that one that I lived with, I knew well enough that I knew who the person was in my mind. I spoke to him by name, and when I spoke to him by name, things would die down. I've only ever seen things out of the corners of my eyes kind of fleetingly. I've never seen like a full-blown apparition. I much more sense, again, back to that um, intuitive part, the quote-unquote gut feeling and uh, also being an empath. The way for me that I've, I'll know when I'm not alone because if I'm in a, in a home and there's no one else there, I have a certain feeling at a very rudimentary level. If there's someone else in the home besides me, I'll have a different feeling. Well, in there have been places I've lived in where I'll be completely alone. I'll know there's no one there. There's been no one there for a long time, but I'll feel like there's someone else there. I've experienced it in workplaces and different things. That's why I was just curious because I've never, maybe somewhere I have, maybe I just wasn't seeing the signs, but never had quote-unquote communication aside from noises or things happening around i've just always really treated it kind of curiosity like i won't ask questions in that but it's much more like okay mentally at least it's kind of like i know you're there i acknowledge you and i'm but i'm not going to change doing what i'm doing i'm not going to be scared or whatever else i'm just going to kind of like keep up to what i'm doing and it was funny one of the jobs i was at uh, it was kind of like there's only two of us on site and the one guy would go at five 
And I was there after hours working late, and I kept hearing these noises and that. And then the next time I was up there, the one guy was in his 50s. He said something about the whistler. I said, who are you talking about? He goes, oh, yeah, no, we got a spirit here. His name, he's named the whistler. And then I said, oh, does he hang out in that corner over there? And he kind of freaked out. And he goes, why? I said, well, I heard him. I heard I was here alone and didn't think anything of it. I don't get freaked out, really, by things like that. But basically, the light, because it's one of those where you turn on a switch and, like, four lights will go on in a row. The light at the back, just all the lights went off, but the switch was still on. And I just said to him, oh, can you turn it back on? And about 30 seconds later, the lights came back. Oh, wow. And, um, cool. Yeah, so, like I say, and I just, I was more amused about it than anything else. But And that's what they, they've got no idea who it is. It's not like they know of anyone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it. so funny. It's like, it's lots to unpack here, right? So there's, if we could see, literally, like, see all of the spirit people that are around us all the time. Like, this, we don't have empty spaces in this world. <laughs> there's no empty space. There's... There's energy all around us and people in form, in energy form, right? Right. And so it's, it's not out there. It's here. And so what we get in these moments is like these, these glimpses of what that really looks like. I've seen, I've had experiences where I've seen like the angelic realm. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's crazy. Some of the stuff I've seen and it's, it's just, it's energy. I wish, you know, my goal, I guess, is to educate people to understand that just because something happens, like, your reaction was, was perfect. Like, it should be, I don't know, this is a shit again, but if everybody could just be that way, it's like, yep, there it is. Oops, that's the thing. Okay. But we want to attach these persona to these energetic things. And we want to attach these personas to them. This is the man that's mad. And this is the man that's so sad. And the woman who's crying over her daughter. How do you know that? You know? It's like, how do you know that? And do you really, really know that? And in some cases, yes, there may be an energetic stuckness somewhere, you know. But most of the time, what people experience, and because of the plethora of paranormal shows and things on TV, where every around every corner is some angry spirit, people that are waking up to sorry, my cat's screaming over oh, there. That's right. um, people are waking up to their own intuitive abilities. That that sensitivity is it's scaring them because they think around every corner there's some being that's out to get them or they're going insane. Yeah. And so what I do is trying to explain to people, it's just energy. It's just energy. It's the same stuff that's between your hands. If you rub your hands together really fast and then kind of pull them apart and then slowly bring them back together, you feel your energy. That's what you're feeling. And so we don't always have to attribute it to a person trying to give us a message or or something very dramatic. The more we can normalize this stuff to the point where people are like, just like you did. Oh, yeah, it's over there. Yeah, I just know it's there. It's fine. Like, that's super cool. And that's clear sentience, by the way, where you, when you get these physical sensations, some people, everybody has all the clairs, like, you know, all the, the, what are considered psychic abilities. We're born into this world with all of them. Clear, clairvoyance, clear audience, clear sentience, you know, clear cognizance, all of those things and more. I mean, there's more, but those are the main ones that people talk about. And, we all have one that's like our main dude. Like that's the, that's the, our strength. And mine is also clear sentience. I get a physical feeling. And then that's how, that's how I know something is there. And then it will 
formulate into whatever. So yeah, I mean, what a what a great response! It's like, oh, yeah, it's there. It's, it's not bothering me. No, <laughs> it's so not going to bother you. And and even even like saying like it's not going to bother you unless you bother it. Well, that doesn't. That's not a thing. It's like it's it's okay. It's just energy. It's yeah. just energy. It's it's just like having, but but it's invasive and it, and it is frightening for people. I lived in in a quote haunted house. Massive amount of energy. Really, really freaky, freaky things happen. So I get it. Yes, these things can be extremely disturbing. I'm not minimizing yeah, anybody's yeah. fear or experience at all. It, it's just if you keep it in perspective, it's so much easier to deal with. And there are, and again, just for the record. Of course, there are those demonic forces out there and those poltergeists and all that stuff exists. At least, you know, I believe it. Um, So, yeah, those kinds of cases are far more rare, I think, and they can be extremely powerfully terrifying. But we, if we're energetic beings and we're sensing these other beings as energy, it's kind of like, it goes back to that, like, what are you putting out there? (laughs) Right. What's your vibe putting out there? Like, so you're attributing, like, maybe things in you to this sense of this energy that you're feeling. Right, right, yeah. Well, like, you see, I lived in a quote-unquote haunted house, but the first person that really experienced that was me. And I covered it in my Halloween episode which I go into a good bit of depth, but this was someone I knew in life. I, I didn't know him, wasn't like a family member or anything, but it was the mayor of the small town I lived in. And mm-hmm. the funny thing was that there were two very different reactions. My reaction, which was just like, I know who this is, and I'd talk to him, and he would do things like open locked doors and open windows and closed windows, like the old wooden slide windows that like the wind didn't just blow it open. I, right. Yeah. But you see, I was always very respectful to him, and his name in life was Bob, so I'd always say, you all right, Bob? And I'd hear him walking, and sure enough, after a little while, the steps would just dissipate. But I had friends, and my friends were, you know, we were teenagers, so um, they weren't necessarily bad, but they'd get a bit loud in that, and I left the house with a, with another friend of mine, and I said to them, I jokingly said, I said, make sure that you guys keep it down, because Bob doesn't like noisiness. And they laughed, and sure enough, we came back a bit later. And uh, they were all three glued on the couch like scared. <laughs> and I said, what's wrong? And they said, oh, we heard noises upstairs, and we heard the door slamming, and we heard someone coming down the stairs. I said, I told you, Bob, this is Bob's house, all right? This, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he does not like people. Make, and after that, I'll tell you what, Susie, those guys, if I left for any reason, they didn't want to be there. They'd go outside. They'd go across the street. They would not stay <laughs> in that house alone after that. Aww. Yeah. And, and like but I see said, what's yeah. but see if you break it down right, what were they afraid of? Bob wasn't going to do anything to them. Yeah, it's, it's the unknown. It's that fear of I can't see this thing. It's in my space, and that that's terrifying. That can be very terrifying. But it might just be a Bob, you know. And even even doing mediumship, it's like sometimes you know I'll have people come through that are I don't like their energy. Right. I don't like it at all. But what I know from experience. Is that say say your Uncle George was like the meanest man on the planet? Everybody hated Uncle George, right? So if I'm bringing through your spirit people and Uncle George comes through and I start describing a man who is just sweet as pie, he is his heart is overflowing with love and he wants to apologize for things he did, but he's just so nice and he's so loving. You would have no idea who I'm talking about, <laughs> right? So Uncle George has to come through as the bully, as the mean guy, as the thing he is. And if 
if if I as medium recoil from that, like reject that, Uncle Uncle George has had an experience on the other side that's changed his life. He's got some apologies to make. Right. He may give you a message that could change your life. Right. And so that's why I always encourage people don't you don't have to assign a name to the person unless you know you know like you knew that was bob you know you knew who he was he he passed away in that house he he died of a broken heart and his wife were married 50 years his wife passed away he passed away a few months later he lived in that house like years yeah he was just there doing his routine you know exactly yeah yeah so you know that that's the thing it's like in in a lot of cases that i get calls about it's like it really is just it's just a passing thing or or a a harmless thing, but because the people in the house are not aware that they're they're just afraid of it for whatever reason. Yeah. So spirit on the other side when they you know when they cross and they do cross they you know they when we leave we're gone. Um, we can choose choose to be where we want to be, but sometimes what we experience too it's it's not that somebody needs help crossing over. We may need to just move their energy out, and it gets into a lot of semantics. But it's just these are just things that I've learned over the years. So yeah, I mean you can move energy out of a space if you want to, but most of the time there really is nothing to be afraid of when you think of spirit as just pure energy. It takes away that whole image of the the big monster coming to attack you in the black cloud that wants you dead, right. and a lot of of paranormal activity is simply that because people are waking up and becoming more attuned to things and they're not doing it consciously (laughs) and so they don't know that that's happening so there's just a need to help people out there understand that you know and and like i said there there are there are things out there there are things that are just they don't feel good yep and they're probably (laughs) not going to feel good yep and that's maybe just the the way they want to stay so that does exist but for most most people what their experiences are is it's benign i guess you could call it obviously when you use the term like the western culture or the the western world i I know not everyone is this way but so you've got that way of seeing things and then you've got more of the eastern philosophy and also a lot of the the native american tribes not only in north america but south america that very much see the spirit world as you were saying is around us all the time it's not a separate realm it's just as they will say, it's like uh, removing the veil from your eyes and you can see it. Well, yep. one of the fascinating things to me, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't, I think you would really enjoy it. I sat down and watched it. So, you know, they've redone the Unsolved Mysteries. They've rebooted them. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Yeah, the I haven't seen the any of the new ones yet. Okay. No. There, there's one and it's called, and you can't miss it because I'm getting chills right now. It's called The Ghosts of Fukushima. They basically go through these people in Japan who... So, like physically see these spirits mm-hmm. because you had so many deaths and so much confusion and it was fascinating because you had like taxi drivers right they'll be driving along someone will wave them down they'll get in the back they'll drive them 20 miles away and go to drop them off and no one's there the thing is like number one you can log these because these are log calls of a taxi and and two if these guys are hoaxing it they're only hurting themselves because the taxi drivers have to pay for the fare and the thing that was right. fascinating was that these taxi drivers said from the very beginning they said if these spirits need a ride home it's the least we can do and we'll happily pay out of our pocket oh how sweet yeah and oh and, i just got chills yeah and, and some of these are like it was really well done i it's not that i true crime to me is 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 all right it's just it's not something like 
it's not like the thing that really gets me going. And and in this episode, in this series, there's only two that aren't kind of true crime. And there's that one, and the other one is about the Berkshire UFO case. And they're both really good. And this is very different than the old ones where they would have uh, Robert Stack on and kind of give a preview. This is very much documentary style where they they never talk. Yeah, they just go around and interview the people. But the Fukushima one was excellent. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, those cases, those kind of cases are fascinating. And and yes, that is, that's a cool you you made a cool point about that too so energy gets frozen i guess i don't know what the word is for that but can be frozen in time it's like okay so an example of how not seeing a ghost and driving at somewhere but i've certainly seen my share of them but one of the things that i did where i went over i studied at a, a, a school over in um england called the um the Arthur Finley College for Psychic Sciences, and it's basically Hogwarts. <laughs> it's really an, an amazing, amazing place to go. And people from all over the world come there to study mediumship and psychic development, and it's just a oh, powerful place. Anyways, this big circle around here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do when I went to London, I loved Mark Bolin and T Rex. Right. They, they yep. did this on Bang a Gong. Bang a right? Gong. That's and, it. And I had always wanted to visit his memorial that's on Queens Queensville Road, I think it is, in where he was killed. There's a memorial there. They have the, the tree and people leave notes on this bulletin board and there's little plaques all around and, and for the twenty seven club plaques there and right. anyways, accidentally on his birthday, I believe it or not as big a fan as I was, I didn't realize it was his birthday that day. We my husband and I went to the memorial and there was so many weird things that happened already. We got off this train in the middle of nowhere, had no idea it was it was kinda like that which you know, the fork in the road and we're like, which way do we go? You know, we had this little hand-drawn map how to get there. And this little girl comes by and she's walking and I just, something said, just ask her. And I asked her and she said, oh, I think I know where that is. I, I see it on, my boy, on the way to my boyfriend's house. Follow me. And I'm telling you, we never would have found that place on our own. It was through yards right. and alleys and all this stuff. And we got there. But this is the amazing, sorry, I went a long way around. But no. um, we got there. And, and so, you know, I'm looking around. My husband's standing down the bottom of the stairs on his phone board, you know. Like, <laughs> I just want to read these little notes. And I, I had walked all around. I took a whole bunch of pictures with the statue, which were very interesting because the statue was leaning into me. And that's another whole story. It was very bizarre. Like this statue that was straight up in multiple pictures was leaning into me. And it wasn't a trick of the camera. We tried to recreate it with something else at one point and it, it didn't happen. It was amazing. I, I go over and I go to look at the bulletin board and I take a step forward to lean in. And all of a sudden I see like really, really fast, like this road, like it was like, a, like I'm seeing, looking at a windshield of a car flying. I don't know, about 80 miles an hour. Right. And I, back up and i i looked at my husband I'm like did you see that and he's like he looks up he's like what I was like, no, see nothing. what yeah you know yeah and i'm like and so I, I took another step and i leaned over to read the board again and the same thing happened and i'm like holy cow like and it was very anxious i felt very anxious and it was not a good feeling and i turned around and i went because there's a memorial there's a stump where his car had crashed into the tree. His wife was driving. And what I figured out, I stood, cause I was like, what am I seeing? I'm like, surely I can't be. And I, and I, I paced it out and I realized he was in a mini Cooper. Where I was standing was exactly where he, his life ended. Wow. It was on that spot. 
Now, does that mean his ghost was there and he was showing me how he died? No. I just kind of think his ghost might be there the way those pictures came out. That was Definitely really freaky. Definitely some residual energy. Oh, yeah, there. it was something going on there. But, yeah, it was imprinted in that ground. Fifty years later, it was still embedded in that earth. And and I wonder how many other people have felt it and See. not said anything and not realized. See, it's, it's fascinating you say that, and the reason is that Lionel and I were talking about some of these sorts of things. He asked a couple of questions, because again, Lionel is very, very much, like I say, he is, I don't want to speak for him, but I would argue he is of that ilk of what we said before, which is the older I get, the less I know. He doesn't come out and say, it's this or it's that. He's very much, this is one possibility, this is another. And this is one of the things that he mentioned as we were talking about things similar to what exactly what you were saying. One of them is uh, a case that I mentioned to him in the UK, and there was a guy working in a cellar or a basement, and he saw something out of the corner of his eye, and he turned around, and he saw a legion of Roman soldiers walk through the wall, walk across the cellar floor, and walk through the other wall. And he nearly had a stroke, as, as you would. They found out later, when they were kind of comparing his notes and that, that he couldn't see the Roman soldiers from the knee down. And what they found out was that that was the level of the old Roman road was where their feet would have been. And so Lionel mm -hmm. said, could this possibly be some sort of like, you flip the switch on the projector of the movie, and then this movie plays back, as you're saying, this residual energy, and either the stars have to be right, it's the right conditions, or, like you're saying, Maybe you're just attuned. It's, it's kind of like the old CB or the radio channel. If I've got my radio set to 90 and you're broadcasting on 88, I don't, I just hear static. But Susie, you're on 88 and you're hearing what they're saying. That's you're it. You're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fascinating the way you're saying it and the way you're wording it because this is what we were talking about, the same sort of thing. I mean, obviously you've got things that move with more intelligence, but you've also got these kind of things where it's like people have these flashbacks or and, and things like time slips. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is. That, now and we see, get that these glimpses. So and yeah. it's so, it's it's fascinating, but it is unnerving. I mean, i got to tell you, for as long as I've oh, been yeah. doing astrology and reading cards and telling people's futures or whatever, I say that, you know, sarcastically because we really just forecast. But right. anyways, as long as I was doing it, like, I, really, until a few, 10 years ago or so, I did not want to do mediumship because I'd had enough of ghosts. I'd had enough of these things popping up in my world. Right. And, and and I was just done. I was like, I do not want to be a medium. And just that was, it was supposed to be you know, a series of unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> no, very fortunate circumstances because I, I, I absolutely love that work. But yes, we get these time slips. And, and so those people giving rides to those those folks it's like when there is mass tragedy mass stopping of life in one fell swoop that energy is going to cycle on and live on and live on and live on and those that are sensitive to it will be able to see that now are they are they living breathing people that are doing this or are you just seeing are we interpreting it through our own eyes and our own being we don't know but either way we're seeing shit. Oops, sorry, we're seeing that's stuff right. that's, that's not. Right. We're seeing stuff that's not there. Either way. See, on that uh, episode as well, there were some other really fascinating things. There was one lady. She lived in your typical Japanese home with a sliding door, and she said it was like eleven at night. And she hears, she goes out, and she hears, she hears someone knocking on the window, and they won't go away. They keep knocking, and so she goes out, and she goes out, and there's a lady standing there, 
and she is completely drenched. And she goes, what's wrong? And she goes, I got wet. I don't know why. Everything else. So she brings her some dry clothes. So then the lady goes away and she hears knocking again. And she goes out and there's just this line of like eight or ten entities, which in her mind end up being ghosts because they're just coming here all soaking wet. Mm -hmm. And um, she gave them, she gave them clothes. She did their best. But she said to them, you're dead. This is what's happened because they're confused. And there was another case where there were people in a car and they stopped at a light. Four or five people started surrounding the car and they said, hey, what's going on? My phone's not working, everything else. And they said, and so they asked them, where were you? And then they would say where they were in, in the city and, the, and that part of the city had been destroyed. And they said, you're dead. You, you, there was a tsunami mm -hmm. and you died and it's time to move on. Yeah, it was, it was so, because what I'm saying is because they just, treated it matter-of-factly like it's no surprise for us to see these uh spirits as you would expect with so so much horrific uh loss of life and so many emotions attached it was really fascinating to see the complete difference in the culture that they just took it for what it was and basically said to them it's time to move on and there was another yep. lady who had spirits coming through her to speak and she kept going to the buddhist temple i don't know what his term would he was I, I think they did call him a pastor and he just said he literally told her anytime day or night come and he said i wish i wouldn't have because he was coming there like <laughs> four or five times a day and then i would do my Aww. best to kind of cleanse the spirit and let it move on and he said this went on for months he said this poor yeah. lady just they were just using her as a conduit because they were so confused and so traumatized and he said sometimes it was like they were talking over each other through her because mm -hmm. it's, it would be like having that exit emergency exit and a building's on fire and everybody's trying to get out of that door exactly yeah, yeah. and i mean tragedy like that elevates our consciousness i mean you know, think about the the, the way things i mean not to not to get political but no 9-11 all of a sudden we were in this collective consciousness of our our entire view of the world shifted oh, yeah. together and and same thing with with covid last year again when i was talking about people syncing up with with the planetary cycles and the moon cycles and things in in ways they never did before and there was there was a point at the beginning of the lockdown where there was such a feeling of elevated consciousness and kumbaya is what i want to call it and then it just seemed to stop yeah. and it and it just it was bizarre like looking at it from an energetic perspective so when you think about how you can read and see those collective shifts like that and imagine i mean there, there's just so much <laughs> i'm losing my train of thought here but it's, oh, there's, there's just so much out there that we don't understand and this stuff is going on around us all the time and we as we elevate ourselves into this understanding and it's, it's you don't have to believe it to that's another thing it's not a belief system. I think there's there's this idea too that, that we use that phrase you believe in ghosts. Well, you know it's like, do you believe in astrology? Well, this stuff exists whether you yeah. believe in it or not. It's not yeah. a belief system. You I, was know? It's I, like... I was gonna say, do you believe in jet planes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Because like, they don't care. Do you, believe, do you believe in the interwebs? Prove it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a sample of the interwebs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, can you like show me like some proof that the internet's there? Yeah. Like, cause you know, I don't think I have enough. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's you know, a good it's, parallel it's... actually, because <laughs> well, what can you do? I mean, you can take them and show them a website, but you couldn't show them the way the internet. Yeah, that's an excellent parallel actually. <laughs> 
Well, um, one, one question I, that I've got that's kind of around some of those things that we've just been talking about, I think it is a good question, definitely is, um, I've got an idea, but we'll soon find out, but what are, what are your thoughts on past lives? I believe that we have existed in many lives. I, I, I do. And that, I guess, is a belief system. <laughs> I don't know, at least, at least so far. Um, I don't know what proof out there there is of it, but, well, there actually is. I mean, we talk about these, like, we've been hearing more and more about, like, these kids that are coming in and going, Mommy, my plane went down. And, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, have you seen some of those shows about the, the kids that are believe, or they have all this information about, like, these past lives? It's I've, fascinating. I've done three or four episodes on it already i apologize for not knowing no 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 no. all all i'm saying is you were in this case you were definitely preaching to the choir um, (laughs) i've I've always had uh an interest in these things lionel when lionel and i talked i'm sorry if i keep coming back to lionel but it's just because it's just because there were so many things that we talked about that he just kind of spurred my my thoughts on these things and, and that was one of the things that we talked about he basically said what about i heard him say it on another show and then i brought it up and i talked to him about it i said to him okay you know when we get the intuition um let's say you're you're standing on the sidewalk and you get an intuition that says something's going to happen and then you you move back and then a car comes up the road and careens off the road and it would have killed you and he had said on one of these programs he said what if that was either one of our past lives or one of our future lives reaching out to us to say hey idiot this something's going to happen and you need to move and i'd wow. never thought of it that way yeah and it's just some of the things that we we talked about like that and and i also i'd only really known him before about certain media appearances he'd made and i started going and checking out what he'd done on other programs and he said that he's been regressed and he said he remembered being a sea captain in greek times and one of the things that i do want to do in future when i've got the funds and I want to get it recorded. That's one of the reasons why I don't just want to run out and do it. But I want to get a past life regression, and then I want to put it on the show because Ooh, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and it's something that I've I've never been. Um, James James Leiniger, who's who's the kid that you mentioned, the one that uh, the, the the famous uh, the pilot from World War Two. Uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. said little man, little man uh, can't get out. He's, he was burning up. I've had, see, this is one of the things, what we were talking about was deja vu. And that was what Lionel and I were talking about was, could deja vu be this feeling of what you've done in a past life or will do in a future life? And that you're in this conversation or you've got this certain feeling about something and you're saying, why is this so familiar? Because, see, that's something I'd never actually considered because we tend to think about time in a linear fashion. Exactly. And when you let go of that <laughs> that yeah. perception of it, it's like, yeah, things get real big, don't they? Yeah. You know, and, and but there's the other part of it, too, just... On, on another facet of it, I've been learning a lot more about DNA and the, the lineage, the things that are passed down through, through DNA. And I think, I think there's combinations of past lives, DNA connections, because we have these memories, these soul memories. I'm starting to realize that I've, I have a lot of memories that I might have thought might have been other lifetimes, but right. they were, they're, they're memories that, 
either belong to my grandmother or my mom or they go back in generation. They're, they're actual memories. And it's, it's really, unless I was my own grandmother in another life, I have no idea. It's so bizarre. Um, but, you know, oh, there, but there, there was a case I covered where uh, where a young guy came back as his grandfather and said all uh, kinds of things that he couldn't have known. So yeah, and so I think there might be like this combination of like the DNA, or maybe maybe that's the the, the traveler for the memories from our. Maybe that's just the the vessel or the I don't know like the thing that brings that those reincarnation memories. But I have I have some very strong past life like that really feels like past life too. And so I've had, I, I've never had a regression because I just, I really didn't trust anybody to, to not put like fake memories right. in my no, head, you know? Well, that's, that's and, it, um, yeah. It, you know, even in the, in your astrology chart, there were, there were things that can indicate your, your North Node and your South Node. Your South Node is kind of like what your likely past lives were and the, and the soul memories that you bring into this life. And then, of course, your North Node is what you're here to achieve and, and and another thing you know even related to astrology where i really started thinking about like off-planet lives and things like that is i used to believe that you get the chart that you get you were born at that time and what i was going to believe and this was this was just kind of a theory that not many people are talking about until the last several years i really believe that we choose our charts we come into this incarnation with that specific chart for that reason interesting well, it's it, it's and, it, yeah. it's hear some of these stories where people say you choose when and where you come back in a reincarnation. So it's not up yeah. to chance. You actually because one of the young boys and it was I think it was this one with his grandfather. He said his mom said what happens and he goes well after you die you you go up and you see God. And he gives you this ticket so you can come back to Earth. And then they said, oh, so how did you end up with us? And he goes, oh, no, you don't understand. I chose you. You know, I, I saw you and Dad, and, and, and I chose to come back. And it does see one of the things that always mortifies me is imagine how many of these occurrences have happened that have been written off to childhood imagination, imaginary friends. And so once we start getting taught from that young age to kind of say this is all BS, and that's what they say most of these memories start fading at kind of six to eight years old anyway. I do wonder how many of these excellent stories have there been out there that just we've never heard because the parents just are like, nope, 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 no such thing. Uh, you're imagining it. Totally. Or totally on board with that like a thousand percent i totally agree with that and that's that's why we're really starting to see this more parents are really starting to let their children explore these things and that's that's a really cool thing you know i like working with with parents who have who are who want to learn how to not raise their kids as psychics but you know allow them to have these right. respect i guess for what they're seeing they're not dismissing it because yeah. that's what it, that's what happened to me it's like oh it's just your imagination i was i was i was talking to things that weren't there since i was a little kid and i literally thought i was crazy and i would hide it and because what are you going to do well that was one and, of the questions i was going to ask is when did you first notice that you had these gifts, so that, so that's definitely an excellent um, topic to go over. But it, it must yeah. be really difficult to, like you say, just imagine you, you you're thinking this is all imagination, and I must be crazy at such a young age. Yeah, yeah, and just and the knowing things about people too. That was very very <laughs> odd. I was definitely I would just know things about people, and at different points in time, I remember like saying something about somebody. The one that keeps jumping in mind, it's, it sounds really silly, but it was, it came from the, it's like, 
I remember looking at my grandfather and saying, you're an alcoholic. And he was. And everybody laughed at me. And my, my parents were embarrassed yeah. and sent me off to my room. And he died of alcoholism. You know, and it's like, yeah. how did I know that at like maybe three? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How did you even know what an alcoholic was? Yeah. 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 Where did I get that word? And so, yeah, I mean, it's just things like that. I would just know when, what what people were feeling and I would know they're, they're like I want to say I would know their truth like I would know just very good at sussing out who I could trust and who I couldn't and that sort of thing and it, I just kind of always had that and then on top of it being knowing that things were there like the apparitions would come and go in my life but I always knew that something was there and I was talking to something it's funny you say that because I'm I never really thought of it that way but I've always been the same way I've always been a good judge of character so to speak generally I'm, I mean yeah don't get me wrong I've, I've trusted some people in life i shouldn't but in general i tend to be very good at identifying people who are quote unquote good for me or have good intentions for me and fostering those relationships i don't let them wane like i say i've, I've got some friends from high school i'm very fortunate i still talk to I've got some people that I knew in my early 20s that treated me like family that we still catch up. And they always say you know that someone is a lifelong friend or, or maybe in a past life when you haven't talked for 10 years. And after you spend 30 minutes catching up on the last 10 years, it's just like you never left because yeah. you're just right yeah. back on the same page. Yeah. yeah, I've got a lot of friends like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just that there's this sense of almost like being able to read between the lines. And over the years, like just honing that in, it, I think is, is why I do what I do. You know, it's just, I just, it's funny because if you were looking at my life from the outside in, you would think, yeah, I had some few years that were kind of struggles, you know, and, and not so good and stuff. But for the most part, you would think that I was kind of popular, liked, I had good friends, you know, this and, that. and and it's like everything on the outside, like I don't even know what that life is that people would see, uh, that, that people saw on the outside because there was so much going on on the inside and there was so many levels of just navigating through life from this intuitive place and like I've never seen my life from anything but like the inside, if that makes any sense. I don't know no, if it makes no, any no, sense. No, 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 it, it, it does and, and I'll tell you why. So many people, I mean, look, I'll ask you, so when you meet me and, and when we were emailing and, and that, how did, and, and this isn't to put you on the spot, but how did I come across? Very genuine. Extremely genuine. A lot, so many people think that I'm an extrovert, but the reality is I'm not. The extroversion and, and is a defense yes. mechanism. And I think that that's how I feel. It's like, it's like, yeah, I've got this, there's this persona out here, but, but it's like really inside I'm going like, you know, it's kind of like there's that little girl going, don't hurt me. Don't yeah. hurt me. You know? But, <laughs> like i just want to be with my cat you know I, that's look, that's it I, I i joke all the time on the show and and just to people in general about being a hermit but the reality is that's me i'm i'm very and i don't mean this as an affront to anyone but i'm very antisocial with people in general so what i mean is i don't really like being in big crowds I don't like being out downtown and the hustle and bustle and the traffic. I just don't. It doesn't mean I don't have time for people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's not me. But the thing is, like, when I explained this to someone a few weeks ago, they went, oh, that makes sense. What I told them is, I said, my extroversion is a defense mechanism because if I'm the extrovert and I go in a room with strangers and I start talking to them, then the reality becomes I control the narrative because I'm the one out front. I'm front-footing it. It, it yes. doesn't mean I'm the extrovert. It's just that defense mechanism. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if that's, we, we both have Mars and Cancer at very close degrees. 
and I wonder if that's if that. I mean, that that could be a very Mars and Cancer thing. You know, it's like that that need to kind of have that protective shell around you, but but also wanting to get Mar- Mars and Cancer is also a K- also known as passive aggressive. <laughs> it can be, well, and so, but yeah, it's it's. It's the uh, it's same. It, it's it's really wild because for someone who loves to be in the spotlight and loves to be out there, loves to be on Facebook Live and TV and doing all this stuff, I love doing that stuff. But yeah, there's this part of me that's like, okay, then now I just I need to. It's well, like, well, I'll, I'll tell you how you definitely know that I'm an introvert. If you go and look on any of my social media posts, there's almost no photos of me. I've always been that way. <laughs> My mom was the same way. Obviously, I've gotten more comfortable with it because I realize that people who hear the voice want to see the person. And, and I do mm-hmm. things like I'll do, uh, I haven't done it for a little while now, but I'll, I was doing a JT's monthly consumption. I started with blog posts and then I started doing video of kind of what I was doing outside the show, what I was watching on TV or listening to, or just to kind of give people an insight into what else I do. But Mm -hmm. um, I remember I took in 2016 when all the stuff was going down and on top of it that year as well, I got made redundant from the job I was in for a long time, really grew and everything else. And it was like, geez, thanks universe. (laughs) But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, one of the steps in that was that we had like professional help with, like you were saying, career placement and all of that. And I took the Myers-Briggs test. She's like, oh, well this, are you sure that you were truthful in your answers? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, well it (laughs) says you're an introvert. I said, I am an introvert. She's like, nah. I said, yeah. And then when I explained it to her, she said, oh, that makes sense. I said, yeah, if I control the conversation, it's a defense mechanism. It's not that I... What I told her when I was young, I was a bookworm. I didn't talk to people. It was my mom who forced me to go to work in the food industry because she said, then you have to talk to people. If you take mm. someone, yeah, if, if you take someone's order and you don't talk to them, do you think you're going to get a tip? <laughs> like, you have to. <laughs> and so my mom kind of pushed me down that route. Smart mom. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've done it with, um, I've done it with my, with Vi's brother and some other people who are, I've made them like what I'll do is um, I'll never forget. He wanted a video game. And so we went to the store and goes, oh, I wonder if they have that. And and so I flagged down the salesman. He goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, did you need something? And I said, no, he does. And oh, you should have seen his face. He, He just went beat red. I said, well, tell him what you want. That was it. It was like, you've got to learn to do this one day Mm -hmm. because I I went through the same thing. Yeah, it it is. It is a fascinating thing how, like you were saying, people see you from the outside and what's going on on the inside is completely different. One thing I've tried to learn through life is learning those lessons about myself. I then try to see the rest of people that way to say, well, maybe those insecurities and all that, JT, maybe you're overanalyzing things and it's like, maybe. Maybe that's all that's driving someone is the same thing you go through. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when we start, when we're able to find that compassion for ourselves, it's easy to find it for others. That's about it. It's very, humans are complex. <laughs> oh, and, I agree. You know, and, and empaths and and highly sensitive and people that are very tuned to these things. Um, it's just, it's it's an interesting world from <laughs> The perspective. Um, And I think for many, many years, though, I tried to drown out the sound of my own voice, literally, through drugs and alcohol and all that. You know, I had quite a ride with that, you know. Just numb it down, yeah. Thank God it's been 30 30 plus years clean and sober, but it's just, it's really been a long ride coming to the place to accept who I am, I, I guess, who I am. This is 
like it's so weird because like back in 2019 I you know the readings I was doing were like they were so directed to telling people like I I, I was just because they're kind of always channeled even if I'm using astrology and tarot or whatever it's like I'm still getting like channeled information and I, I remember like wondering like at one point like why 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 is it so important that I'm te- telling everybody that they they need to really figure out who they are right now and 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 kind of get a hold of this and allow the, their true selves to come out and be who they need to be because we need, we're going to, people are going to need us. People are going to need us in 2020. And I right, could not right. figure out why I was saying those words over and over right. to people. And then it hit. And, and I remember clients looking at me going, well, what's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know, but I know something is going right. to happen and it's going to be big and it's going to change who we are and we're going to need to help people. And they're like, oh, is it going to be another flood, a tornado, an earthquake? Or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you it's know? like all those people that talked about the same when people were going, oh, 2000. And then a lot of the people were saying, nah, 2000 isn't the year, it's 2001. And people were like, oh, what? And, and then you had 9-11, like you say. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a really interesting story about that. <sighs> Wow, talk about the knowing things or whatever. It wasn't just me. I was in a class back in the, oh, God, it had to be the early 90s. Really great astrologers teaching the class, Michelle Avanti. And we were looking at charts, and she pulled up a chart. I, I don't even remember what the class was about. But she pulled up this chart, and I remember all of us looking at it. And it was it was the chart for 2001. And, um, or 2000, I'm sorry, it was, two, it was 2000, but... And we looked at the chart for 2000, and we all kind of collectively held our breath. And everyone in that room just went, something, what's going to happen? And she said, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to change the world. It's going to change everything. And we, so we were like a year off, you know. She could see the, the things were coming up. The aspects were lined up to bring some great catastrophe to this world. And, I mean, for years I walked around just going, shh, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. And, and, and it was really weird because we were focused on, I swear to God, I, I may be totally wrong. Sorry I'm not, if I'm not telling the story correctly. But I want to say, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because I remember, I remember we were looking at May of that year, and I, it happened in September. So it had to be the chart of 2001. Right. It had to be the chart of 2001. Because what I found out later, so after all was said and done, I flashed back to that and I went, crap, we, we knew. We knew, we didn't know what, but we knew. And I was like, but wait a minute, we were looking at May that year. Well, when it all came out, this wasn't the final, weren't the final plans made or right, something that's what for, I was gonna that say in May here. 2001. So through forecasting that far out, we could see that something that was going to change the world forever was going to happen. And of course, we were all hoping for a big kumbaya moment, of you course. know. Yeah. And so, but but yeah, May was what we were focused on. And I went, wow, that's that's really wild. She pinpointed the time when the plot was hatched, more or less, and uh, but not the exact moment of the event. And, yeah. And you've got all the people who had prophetic dreams around it, and they just, mm-hmm. but they couldn't pin, obviously. They just saw this disaster happen, and they couldn't necessarily pin down that it was the Twin Towers. It was in New York. I can't remember. I know one guy's named Cliff High, and I can't remember the other guy. Um, but they've got they 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 created this program, and uh, I can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. So I do apologize. But basically, what this program does is it basically 
crawls the internet for information because what the theory around it is is that as a species, we are sentient in that we can see the future. And so what it does is it crawls the internet looking for certain, uh, like spikes in terms used around certain things. Uh, I'll have to find wow. out what the name of this is. I know, ex- I know where you where you're going with this. I, I'm my ears are perked. I'm, yeah. this is like really because I'll tell you another thing that happens that happened back then, and and I have noticed it happening now. So ahead of us, there's something else coming. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not a gloom and, and doom person, but I, I just after all the things we've been through, I I don't want to understate either the the possibilities of, of major events happening. Right. And we know we're living in such a precarious world right now. But one of the the things that tarot readers that we were noticing back in 2000 ish was more frequent appearance of the tower card and not it's not literally related to the towers but the tower card indicating something very unexpected something very explosive happening right uh there there have been when was the last time this happened several years ago oh before the fukushima thing i started seeing a lot of the tower card in a lot of people's readings but it didn't feel like it fit them then we had that explosion um and and i have to tell you i have been seeing a lot of the tower card again and it's a powerful card so it doesn't come up in everybody's reading it's not a common card i mean this yeah there's 78 cards in the deck any combination can come up but but you, you don't generally see a card like that i don't consistently for so many different people i was um so for a while there, I've, I've been bad about keeping up with it, but I've got a deck. I've got the uh, Rider Waite. After having Timmy on and going through, because she did a reading on, on because that was the that was the reason that I had her on, was to basically say, hey, look, I want to look into tarot. I've, I kind of know a little, but I've never had a deck or anything. And she did a reading for me, and then I got my, I ended up being interested enough, I got my own deck. And then I started pulling daily cards for a couple of close friends who had been really supportive, and I would send them to them. And I've, I think I've had the tower maybe once for each of us, like me, and once for each of them. Dang. Yeah. Recently? uh, I haven't done it for a few months, but yeah, this year, definitely, beginning of this year, I'd yeah. say, kind of February, March. See, something something else is going to break. And I mean, we all, you know, collectively, just anybody with common sense that watches either side of the news knows there's something going to happen. You know, something's got to break. The pendulum swung so far one way and the other way. It's like, yeah. But yeah, there there is definitely something coming. Here's, here's this, um, here's the wiki on what I was talking about. It's called WebBot. And it says, it's an internet bot computer program whose developer's claim is able to predict future events by tracking keywords entered on the internet. It was developed in 1997, originally to predict Ooh. stock market trends. The creator of the web bot project, Cliff High, along with associate George Ure, that was the other guy, I couldn't remember, keep the technology and algorithm algorithms largely secret the reason i know them is they were on coast to coast more than once yeah it's it it was really interesting Mm. and again what they were showing was that it seemed like a lot of these things humanity would kind of know about kind of nine to twelve months in advance you could see further out but in general that's when things it's like it just got right in that focus range where it was a bit clearer and Mm -hmm. what they say so often happens is as you were saying a certain term comes up like 9-11 or 
whatever the term may be, and they're they're not connecting the dots to understand what it's about. But then in hindsight, obviously, then they go, oh dear, it was about this. So mm-hmm. um, there have been, again, so many times over the years, I remember all the way back to uh, like some of the Arthur C. Clarke TV programs, them covering mm-hmm. things like this where people would have these prophetic dreams. They Like they would know it was a car wreck or, or a plane crash, but they wouldn't know where it was or when it You know what I'm saying? And then um, mm-hmm. ended up being something really horrific. And, and then you've got all these instances over the years people going to get on the Titanic and at the last minute just like getting cold sweats and going, no, I'm not getting on that ship. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll know a, a good bit about the Bermuda Triangle, yeah? Mm, gosh, I haven't, yeah. So Flight 19? I haven't 19? talked about the, the Bermuda Triangle in years. I so, love it. So the so the famous Flight 19, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Avenger bombers, yep. one of the people on that, one of the, so they were flying to a plane because one was a, student and then one was like a uh, a pilot to train them and one of the guys said he wouldn't fly he couldn't fly he just had this feeling he didn't want to fly and so he was stood down on medical grounds and charles taylor who was the flight lieutenant he basically said i'll deal with you when i get back and he never came back so again things like that it is pretty freaky uh another one was the the famous uh the flannan isles lighthouse where those lighthouse keepers went missing there was a three-man crew and you had a fourth man so they were always rotating through four men three men on the lighthouse and one man off and the guy who was off on the mainland he had this premonition and he had he was so scared he was getting a hold of his his uh his supervisor saying you need to go and check on them something's wrong something's wrong I've been having these dreams and they just thought he was nuts and they didn't send anyone. And then when the, like the next ship went to resupply them or whatever, they found out these guys were missing without a trace. Yes. I, I just find it so fascinating about these mm-hmm. prophetic dreams and, and that intuition feeling that people get. And there's a, there's a book called, um, uh, Blink. I don't know if you've read it or heard of it, but it talks about that and, going with our gut feeling and the science behind it. Oh, cool. Now I, gotta, I have to check that out. Oh, I have to check that out. Yeah, it's called yeah, it by would... Malcolm Gladwell. Sorry. But think about, I mean, think about it. It's like how, again, it just goes back to that we're all connected. We're all connected. What are we connected by? I don't know how to describe it, but that that's what, you know, it's so funny when people ask like, oh, can you can you do readings over the phone? It's like, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Still read the energy, <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. I can, I read for people all over the world this way. You don't have to be present to be able to connect. The threads are the, we're all, it's, it's like we're all woven together somehow. And I, I don't know what that connection is. We call it universe. We call it God. We call it whatever, but it, it really, it exists. It exists and can't help but feel like it's here for our benefit. Right. And we just, I don't know, this is where the, the complexities of humans go, you know, it's like sometimes in, in order to, one of the things that I, that I talk a lot about is, is like the shadow work that we have to do ourselves and think, I, I have this kind of theory in my head that as we collectively came together last year in this big kumbaya moment where we really were connecting and we were positive and I mean, I, I, it just kind of felt in those in those early weeks and months that 
um, or weeks, I should say, that like this is this was the moment that I've been waiting for to right. you know in humanity. And as it disintegrated, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around what was happening and why it was happening. And what I have felt is that we're as as much as we're human humans having a spiritual experience, it's like in order to maintain that spiritual connection, in order to maintain that 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 spiritual vibration, that high vibration, it's like we have to be aware of our own shadow. We have to be aware of our own flaws. We have to be aware of our own, just that stuff that lives right. in all of us. We all have that dark side, right? It's yin-yang. It's there. It exists in all of us. Right. And what I felt is that the became too difficult for so many to stay in that space because their own stuff was coming up and they were either unwilling or unable to it. Right. And sense. what we're witnessing out there with the anger and the rage and the violence is the shadow. It's the shadow. And my heart goes out to people as, as terrifying as, I don't want to get too deep into politics or anything, but, you know, as terrifying as these groups are and, and these, and these things that are going on, it's like my heart goes out to them because that's, I don't want to say that's not what we were meant to be, but I want to say that's not what we were meant to be. <laughs> Right. We we have a better choice. We as humans have a better choice. And so as deep in, in our desire to do well, to do good for people and to help people and hold the high watch and keep that, that higher consciousness flowing, they are as deeply ingrained in their belief that that is the way. And it's it's powerful, it's strong. It's like with me, I, I'm, I'm far from perfect. It's one of the things that I'm acutely aware of, in fact, uh, I, I had a manager who's been an excellent mentor about a lot of things in life. And we're, we're, we're close friends, and we, we still keep up. He's still in my life. That's one of the things that took him a while to work out, because he didn't realize how I'm wired. And the thing is, if I screw up, no matter what punishment you give me, you can't punish us. You can't punish me more than I've already punished myself. Because yeah. if, yeah, if, if 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 a company or someone, especially when someone's gone out on a limb to advocate for me and hire me or promote me or whatever the case may be, I will move heaven and earth to never let them down. All I'm saying is, it's like you you may think you need to give me the rod, but I've already given myself the rod 10 times over so no matter mm -hmm. what you pile on top and, and so he said he realized that after time it was just a matter of much more tuning into that like he would say things to me like you, you know you screwed up right he didn't need to punish me all he had to do he could tell right away because yes i knew i screwed up or mm -hmm. i knew that this had failed that's one thing i say all the time uh, for all my failings that's one thing about me i know where my demons are and I know where I failed in life or I've needed to improve or so and, and that's what I always say, like more when I was doing the fortunate son when I say to people, if you think I'm here on my high horse to tell you I've got all the answers, trust me, I don't. No, I know. And that, that is one thing I am acutely aware of. And, you know, my, my Sag Rising tends to go off on these tangents and this confidently knowing these things. And, yes. But trust me, I do know that I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm the same. I'm the same way, JT. I will beat myself mercilessly, you know, when I do something wrong. I What I do do is I continue to work as much as possible in the light. My clients have saved my life. They really have. And in knowing that I have to be I have to be in that positive vibration right. and, you know, present for them, I feel is is what kept me going and kept me from spiraling down the rabbit hole with everybody else. We as light workers, we as people who are able to see 
the differences need to hold the, the space for those that are sick and suffering. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. And this yes. is what we're seeing. Yes. We're seeing very Lash deeply out. wounded, sad people lashing out. And yeah, and it's it's painful to watch. And we can't save everybody, but we can certainly hold the space and, and allow the ones that choose differently because it is a choice. When it really comes down to it, it is a choice. The ones that might choose differently to um, move into a better space. Right. But if we lose the light and we lose that energy and we lose that, that high vibration, there, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. So, and as difficult as it is for sensitives to get through this time, it's like we, we just have to keep getting through it. We just, and, and working in our purpose, working in our purpose mm-hmm. is what keeps us going. And that must be why for all that time before this all happened, I was telling people, get in your purpose. Or let me help you find it. Let me, whatever. Right. It's like, do the thing you keep saying you want to do. Do the thing you know is yours to do. This is now the time. And there's still people getting on the on the bus, but they, they managed to come through it. You know? and, right. and not everybody suddenly just did it. There's still a lot of people. But, but it's, it's just that being able to be present with yourself. You, you know those people that, like, they just can't sit. They can't be alone. They can't they yeah. can't sit by themselves. They hate being alone. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's brutal to live that way. It's, it's just brutal. Yeah. yeah and I, um, I can't imagine because it's not that I don't like people. I love, I love having Vi around, but I definitely need me time too. And I definitely need, yeah. And my mom was the same way. She'd just go wander off in the woods. She just needed to be alone with her thoughts. She needed to process things. And it's like me. It's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. If, if, if something goes wrong, whatever it is, I just need to go away and run it through the wheels of my mind 50 different ways and run it through the old abacus. And then at the end of it, I'm, I very much, I know what I need to do. I know the mo- the movements I need to make and everything else, but I just need that time to go and process it. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that's taking care of yourself. It's like if you, if you look at the pain, if you look at some of these groups that are that are committing these acts of violence and rage, it's like there's there's nothing in the eyes. There's nothing. And I mean, these are you would look at these people and go, wow, they really take care of themselves. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not making fun of them. No, it's no, just, I, it's I, painful I know what you're to saying. look at. Yeah. It's like something is something is is very very deeply wrong. Again, it's just gosh, you know, we just gotta hold the hold the space for um, for people to come into themselves right. and it, speaking of people coming into themselves you know there's a whole it's been really interesting to watch like the millennial generation come into their own too because when I started reading for them like years ago when they were young and you know seeing more and more young people coming in it was like wow you know these people they really have like an attitude you think they know <laughs> everything and it's right. like and you know and, and what what a very wise woman told me she said what we need to understand about them is that they have a tremendous amount of knowledge and wisdom, but they don't have the experience right. or the, the, they, it's like, it's like they're, they're old in, in a young person's body, whatever. And it's frustrating to them because nobody's going to believe them or listen to exactly. them because they're just kids. And so now we're getting to watch them come into their own. And it's such an amazing thing. And it's like, I love, I used to like, I used to be so freaked out. Like, oh gosh, I've got a millennial. It's like, how do I talk to this person? <laughs> and then after, yeah. and, and after I, my friend said that to me, I was like, this is a whole different reading that's going to happen now with these folks. You know, we're going to, we're going to help them like lean into, but this is why they were suffering so much much with 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 depression it's like it's like they're that in the cocoon you know the, that little larva trying to get out of the cocoon and they came in like that 
<laughs> and so now they're starting to blossom into these amazing butterflies. And I just love reading for that generation. I really do. It's just, they're just so in tune. They really are in tune. So yeah, just, there's just so much going on in this planet, JT. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you, you are so right. It's pretty crazy. I mean, like, for example, with this whole UFO disclosure thing, everybody's been oh, trumpeting in June, right? Waited I, my whole life for this. <laughs> Well, well, I have been on the record to say that when June comes around, what I thought was going to happen was that either, number one, we were going to get nothing, i.e., they'd open the vaults and they'd say, well, there's really not much here, there's, here's some photos or whatever, and because I'm cynical when it comes to things like this, I feel that most of the really good stuff has been moved to private individuals a long time ago, because you can't FOIA private individuals. So you can send a FOIA to the government, but you can't send a FOIA to correct. Uh, yeah, to an individual. And yep. so that was part of it. And then the other part of it, I thought, was that the government, I would argue that the, the nuts and bolts U.S. government has very little to begin with anyway. Like, I would say that all the evidence on this earth, the best evidence, I would say maybe like the public government that we see might have 10% of that. 90% of that is tied up in things like black ops or other groups that we either know very little about or don't even know. But again, I said, look, I'm being positive, And in fact, I've been growing my beard as a bit of a rally beard to kind of <laughs> say, hey, let's let's be positive. But some of these things that have been happening as of late, it does make me wonder if there isn't something more afoot and we might get more because now you're getting like this stuff on 60 Minutes. I just, I just covered it over on the show. And so, look, I am cautiously optimistic, I guess would be this, would be the phrase. What I do think though is I think we're going to get to June and we're going to get told we haven't had enough time to gather this. And I think that they're going to basically ask for a, uh, three months or something like that. Because really, if we're just, if I try and take it at face value and I say they really are going to release everything they have, when you're talking about all of the different departments, they can barely get together and work out what color the sky is. I mean, there's so much infighting between groups like the NSA and the CIA yeah. and that. Yeah. So I do think that we're probably not going to get a lot in June, but maybe eventually we will um, over time. Yeah, and again, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm cautiously optimistic, but mm -hmm. again, like you, I've been... I, I guess just because I've been in this field for so long, I've just got this feeling there's a very, um, got a very pessimistic view of getting things disclosed. I've, I've heard it so many times yeah. in the past. We heard it back oh, when Carter back was the president. Carter, yeah. I know. I was like, yeah. oh, that was the biggest disappointment. And, and then when it's, Carter, there's nothing, Reagan, nothing Clinton. like, oh, and continually crushed our souls. There is nothing that will destroy a human being more than continually being disappointed <laughs> you know? right, having right. the hope having the hope just pulled out from under them yeah but it's funny you mentioning june because we have there's some things coming up that are, are going to be very interesting the last week of this month we've got got the we're in eclipse or uh, yeah eclipse season now and so we have a, this lunar eclipse that's going to come up at the end of this month and there's all kinds of other just a ton of stuff that's happening that is about revealing it's about revealing things and the wool be the, the veil being removed and this continues 
into the first week of June when we have the second eclipse, you know, the second eclipse, they come in pairs. Oh, and that one's going to be conjunct Mercury retrograde, that second one. So the solar, the uh, solar eclipse. Um, so the lunar first at the end of the month. And then, so it, it, that, that whole period between about May, what's the, let me see what the date is on the eclipse. I want to say it's like the 26th between, you know, May 26th and, and like June 10th or 11th is going to be pretty in tense and my feeling is of course we're talking about you know pulling the tarot card so much uh, that would be the period of time where that would we would have that experience so who knows yeah there's just another 10 hour show or series of shows well, to try and figure out what the government's going to show us and what they're not and who's right and who's wrong <laughs> who's real and who's not well, well, <laughs> and, well so, look I've, I've got a piece of paper here because although i do have all kinds of fancy online things still i my mom was always a list writer and to this day i like the uh i like the satisfaction of crossing things physically off a list and i've got kind of a, a basic outline for the rest of the season and the last one i've got here is ufo disclosure with a question mark meaning let's let's see what comes up and let's see if um, we're gonna have to stop the presses because i've already yeah. done um i've done 10 episodes on those cia files uh-huh. so what what i did was uh basically what i do i want i, I think there's about 900 might be 1500 something like that files from the cia and what i do is i've downloaded all those files and i basically just go in and i randomly draw out four or five or whatever and i just read the file i, I read it on air and i explain things and sometimes wow. future future JT goes away and he does some research on names that I don't recognize people or departments and then I'll Ooh. come you know edit it in to say okay I've looked up this guy but look every one of those that I've done I've all everyone there's been at least one file that's been fascinating there's been something there I'm like wow okay this is pretty crazy and, and it, it just goes to show I mean there's so much of this stuff already out there and some of these files were like declassified in 78 that I've read mm -hmm. and it's like and, and there's just things in there that you like. Okay, well, why is no one picking up on this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like, like I say, for me, the only thing I guess that I can say is, it's like, great. So, if this all comes out, then I can say, see, we weren't all nuts. But even then, it's I, I don't need validated personally. I, right. I do feel really bad for people, especially some of the older people who are already passed on. That basically got tarred with the insanity brush, but me I personally, know, like Jesse, whatever, whatever his last name. Yeah, Jesse Marcel. Uh, Marcel, yeah. God, that was just the most heartbreaking story ever. Oh yeah, and, oh. and unfortunately, there's been so many of them. I mean, uh, Lonnie Zamora is another one. He basically he did all of his blue book interviews, and that's one of the cool things that I try and do on the program wherever I can. If I can find real interviews, like with Lonnie Zamora, it was awesome because I actually found the interview he did at the radio station the day he saw that UFO land in Socorro. So wow. I was able to include that in the episode to say these are the words from the man's mouth. Okay, so there's yes, mm. I, I've got what's written. But you can't argue with this is what he said he saw, okay? Because I'm I'm really big on as you said, holding a space. It's it's not mm -hmm. about this show is not about me. I enjoy doing it, don't get me wrong, but it's about the subject matter and it's about these people who have had these experiences and whatever they may be, whether it's cryptids or UFOs or uh, or speaking with people who have passed on like you have. I love what I do, don't get me wrong. But it's not like a cult of personality. It's not. It's much more to me about presenting that info than it is about me personally. I mean, I'm a. I'm a, probably not the most yeah. exciting person when you take the rest of it all away. 
So. You, you cut out. I missed. What was that last thing oh, you said? No, no. I said um, my life's probably not all that interesting when you get down to it and you cut all the rest of it away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh, uh, it's probably a lot more interesting than you think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, and like I say, it's look, it's been a journey I've loved and um, I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's some things I wish I would have learned earlier, but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's just one of those things where I think that each one of those things that I've learned and that we learn in life. I learn it for a reason and I learn it at the time that I'm meant to learn it. Yep. Well, I, I've yep. got a real quick question about another thing that we haven't covered over here yet. And I'm just curious about, Susie, what are your thoughts on numerology? Oh, I love it. I love it. It's, it's all throughout the tarot. So if you're studying tarot, you have to learn numerology. It lays in everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a numerologist. Like I've done readings based on numerology, but numbers are extremely powerful. Just, you know, the, they, have the energy, I don't know, I guess you could say it's like this some energy, not the same energy as the planets, but it's, you know, they have their own um, defined energies, I guess. Right. Yeah. I can't, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not super eloquent with, with numerology, oh, um, but, but I absolutely love it. I mean, I think I, I've had, I've had readings with it and it's just, it's been, they've been incredibly accurate. I think it's a lot like astrology in, in that there's, there is so many, like, you're, you're either going to be a numerologist or you're not. Right. But if you just know a little bit about it, then what you're doing is like kind of sun sign astrology versus real astrology. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> and so, so I have a lot of respect for people that work in that field and really know it well. But yeah, it's embedded all like the tarot and, and numerology is just like in, in, in that system, it's, it's hand in hand. Well, my little personal run in with it, I mean, the reason that I was really introduced to it in that I understood it much better than before was Glennis McCants, who used to be on Coast to Coast all the time. And then yep. they, they, they had some kind of falling out. I mean, it is online, but I can't remember why, but there's a reason why she hasn't been back on. But she was always really good about doing it, and she, you know, she'd do readings for callers. And so that always, I always had it in the back of my, my mind, numerology, and at least I had an idea of it. I had the Cliff's Notes, as you say. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is that I found really interesting, again, after having those conversations with Timmy, and I started seeing these synchronicities. So I had a few times in tarot readings, I kept having the death card turn up. And then, guess what number started turning up all over? 13. Through 13? Okay. Yeah, I was like, yep. I don't know. Was no, no. It, it's, it's, it's going it's, somewhere else? No, no. It's... It, it, <laughs> It's okay, because when, when I would mention it to Timmy, she kept drawing it back to say, mm. what is 13? 13 is the death card. Because mm-hmm. it was things like, I'd go in and look at the podcast, and like I went and looked, there were, on a certain day at a certain time, I just happened to look, and there had been 13 downloads, or there were 13 of this or 13 mm-hmm. of that. And it, well, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. When you're seeing the numbers like that, when you're seeing that's synchronicity again. That's yeah. you lining up with where you you're in the flow. Like right. that's that is so much. When you start seeing eleven, eleven, two, 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 whatever, whatever. When you see those repeated numbers and stuff, yeah, and you can you can link it back to to the tarot or not, or you could link it to just the the numbers themselves. It does mean something. Doreen mm-hmm. Virtue, who I was not really a big fan of, <laughs> um, but she wrote a whole book on like angel numbers and like she had 
defined for every single number, like this is the angel that, that is working with you in the moment. And if you believe that, then that's another way of looking at it too. But yeah, it's, it's, numbers are, <laughs> it sounds really silly, but numbers are very important. <laughs> it's like, yeah. even in astrology, you know, the degrees and stuff, there are certain degrees that have uh, a tremendous emphasis on the planets that, that are in that degree. Well, um, well, I've had certain numbers in my life as well, kind of ways that, yeah, don't get me wrong, it could be random chance, but you kind of go, okay, that's that's kind of odd, the connection. I mean, some of them have to do with being being a typical uh, American male. Some of them have to do with, like, sports players and, and like, uh, jersey numbers they would wear. And mm-hmm. one of them uh, was that uh, I'm a big baseball fan and I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan. One of the greatest players uh, that I've been able to watch for the last long while now is Albert Pujols, and, and his number was number five. And ironically, when we bought our house, our house is number five. Mm. And, I mean, obviously the plan wasn't to go and buy number five. It was just the house that we bought. And before that, we lived in a house that was uh, 67 slash uh, 62 slash 7. And seven was always one of the numbers that I felt, I mean, of course, we always say seven is lucky, but for us, probably three is the biggest one because my mom's favorite number was three because she had three kids and I've always felt connected to three. And then also one of my favorite players, Larry Bird, that was his number was 33. But yeah, I find it very much that most people, if they sit down and they think about it, there's at least on the subconscious level. There's definitely certain numbers that we see repeat in patterns in our life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mine is, mine is uh, like 12 and 28. Um, my my birthday, it just happens to be my birthday. But, um, oh, and, and then and, the third is yeah. my birthday. Duh. That, that's why three as well. Oh, that's yeah, third. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's because of what, you know, whatever, but it's just there. there are often numbers that my my husband's is 77 that was his football number and it became his race car number you know and it, he just that it's it's just his number you know? right um he tried changing it at one point based on a numerologist's suggestion and it didn't work out very well <laughs> he changed it back so even if it doesn't make sense or it's, it's like if you're feeling it you stick with it Go it's kind of like it, anything yeah. you know you yeah if you're feeling it you stick with it so yeah one of the things i've been really super getting into lately is is drawing auras oh my gosh i am loving that there is so much information you can get from and have you, do you see auras at all, or are no. you aware of them in I, any way? I, I, I'm aware of them. Ie, I kind of know the theory behind it and like aura photography and that. Mm-hmm. I've never necessarily seen, like I say, it's much more. I, I can't remember the term you use, but it's it's much more. I I get those feelings like with people. I don't see auras, but I feel like I say there's just certain people that I'm like I don't like that person, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've done nothing, but I just get that in- intuition that me and that person are not going to see eye to eye, and 95% yeah. of the time it's right. I try to always give the benefit of the doubt, and I try not to like predispose myself to not get along with someone. Right. But a lot of times within me meeting someone within the first that first meeting, I can know right away if we're going to get along or not, like as mm-hmm. coworkers or or whatever and very very rarely is that wrong but no i've i've never seen auras well it's you know i don't i don't actually it's it's weird because i don't actually see them i hear them right i i hear the color right. and it's really strange that's synesthesia hear colors <laughs> but yeah it's that's 
that's been something I've really been fascinated with lately. It's uh, it's my kind of my new hobby. Nice. Well, again, <laughs> you're always growing. You're always learning. You already know I'm the same way. I'm not surprised by that at all. You know, obviously, if you were just set in your ways, you wouldn't have the the amazing life story you've had and all the different things you've done with. When I started looking on your website, I was just like, this is awesome. Like, you're definitely a seeker of knowledge and someone who's gone out and lived life. You've not just said, oh, well, like you were saying, you know, I've got my HR and that. I'll pay the bills and I might watch a few movies about this. But you've gone out and experienced it, which is awesome. I have I have lived 10 lifetimes in this <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I mean... So, oh, the things I've seen. Yeah, it, it's just, I guess I just have always had this belief that it, it's all out there. So, like, go see it. Go yeah. find it. Go yeah. ask. Go try it. Just, um, and it's it's funny because I laugh as, as I'm saying this. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, but you're afraid of this and you're afraid of that. And afraid of, you know, I, I have, like, these yeah. certain fears and as if those negate the fact that my mind hungers for more all the time. They're not related, you know? <laughs> There, there was like, a, I, I can't remember who it was that they had on Coast to Coast, but this this author and he did it. He he basically went around and he talked to people who were dying, so elderly people mostly. And the questions were were basic. Actually, I did an episode about this on the Fortunate Son because I wanted younger people to hear. And it was basically advice from people who were dying and at the end of their life. And just what you were saying, that's exactly what they said. Most of these people said, experience life, spend the money, go on the vacation, go and do the trip. At the end of your day, you'll never be, you'll never sit there in your deathbed and go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have spent the money on that trip to Hawaii. You'll say the opposite. You'll say, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have went with my friends when they wanted to go and do this. I wish I would have went yeah. to that concert. Yeah, that's like, it's, it's just one of the big, the things that drives me is like, I don't want to leave anything on the table when I'm gone. I just, I really don't. Well, that, so. that, that's, that's been it with this program. I mean, that's why no matter how much I do and like I have other podcasters say to me, your schedule's insane. Like you, I think there was one time I did when the monolith stuff was popping up. I did like eight episodes in nine days or something like that because I was covering oh. the monolith. <laughs> and they just said, oh, you know, but I, I told oh, right. them, I just, the, yeah, yeah I, I just say to them, it's like, I just feel I've only got so much time to cover all these things I want to cover. And and just exactly what you're saying, that's why I'm so dedicated to it, because I want to do as much of it as I can and, and get it out there for people to consume. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally get it. Totally get it. Oh, you want me to tell you my Art Bell story? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Since we're such fans of Art Bell. Okay, so I lived in Vegas for a long time, and he lived out there, and I, and I never, ever got to meet him. As a matter of fact, there were a couple of times where he was at a, a fair or something, and I would have just missed him. So my, that's one of my, one of the things that I always regretted was that I never actually get to meet him and shake his hand. But, uh, fast forward many, many, many years later now, 25 years later, uh, my friend, I couldn't believe this. One, one of my friends here, her name is Tish, and she's a, she's a psychic. She's really great, uh, great lady. She got asked to be on his show and was high pissed. She, she barely knew who he was. And <laughs> to be honest with you, and uh, and so she got asked to be on his show, and I I was like blown away. So I told her, I was like, tell me everything, like I want to know everything. I'm gonna listen to you on the show. I'm so excited. Right. She went on, and this was one of his last episodes. I think it was either the next day or the day after that. He just stopped. Right. Anyways, so I, I was sitting in sitting in bed listening to it. It was about two in the morning. 
and the show was wrapping up and I went, Oh crap, this is my birthday. And so I text her really fast. I'm like, I'm like, tell her it's my birthday. Just tell him to say happy birthday to me. And she did. Awesome. And he sung happy birthday to me on his show. And as they were signing off and I was over the moon. Of course. I was so blown away. That woman, I will flip ever owe her <laughs> what a wild night thank you very much and we will do it again sometime i want to say happy birthday to Susie wright happy birthday Susie. good night tish good night thank you so much was was, was this on coast to coast or was this on yeah coast? okay do you have that episode she probably does somewhere i you know i don't know what i have to do with it i'm You'll, sure you, you, you i downloaded will, it you will have it I'll, I'll get it for you that's why i'm asking i need to, i need to cut that but it was definitely one of the last it was one of the and she she went on and she was a she's a witch so like she went on at tish the witch you know? i, I, I um, think i might even remember that actually because yeah. i do they've only over the years they only had a few witches on but i will I, look mm-hmm. I, I have i have all of his shows so i oh will find gosh. it for you and i will get it for you that's why i was curious i would love to have that i don't i'll get it for you don't worry yeah i don't think i oh but anyways that was yeah that was that was a a, a big thrilling moment and then it was just so devastating when you can find out that he passed and then it just boy that was a sad day for a lot of us oh no yeah no, no, no doubt oh, definitely man. so cool so cool and like i said yeah, yep. it's just to me he, hey. he he had the right idea as far as he had that healthy skepticism so he didn't poo-poo everything but he you know he would ask he asked the right questions at the right time that's that's why i was like yeah yeah he did and and that's what made it so enjoyable, you know. And I mean, like I said, he, he was always interesting. He he wouldn't he, he wouldn't put up with crap either, you know. Exactly. But um, yeah. if you if you if you were making some sense, or there was a possibility that what you were saying could be a thing, I mean, he was just he was super good about giving you the time to to share it. Uh, always wanted to be on that show. Always wanted to be on that <laughs> show with him. <laughs> Yeah, so, so. I, I, I hear you. I did try to get through a few times, but um, back then you'd wait for hours on hold. Oh my then, gosh, yeah. And uh, and again, being the interwebs and the dial-up internet, my old man would always <laughs> kick me off the phone because he wanted to go and do whatever on online. So um, yeah, I, yeah. I'm the same. I, I never got on. So funny listening to the shows now, and so we'll we'll get uh, we'll get. I forget what his assistance name was. We'll get him to get, get him to put it up on the uh, on right. on the internet. Um, and there's just the way he would talk about it, like we'll we'll make sure that's accessible to you on the internet. It's like oh my gosh. Yeah, and he had he had that email at like Mindspring. I was like, yeah, most people today won't even have any idea what Mindspring was or GeoCities or yeah any of that. Yeah. What, what's GeoCities? Yeah. What's Yahoo? What's Yahoo so Chat? Funny. Yeah. Gosh. I think this is an excellent segment to ask you this question. And I've asked this to people before, but, but I'm always intrigued about the answer. I'll, I'll explain it. And if you don't like the terminology, mm-hmm. you can, we can change it. And because you're obviously you're your own person. You've had an amazing life. But if you could choose one person in, in these kind of fields that we really enjoy to kind of be your mentor and, and pick their brain, who, who would it be? And if, like some people don't necessarily like the term mentor, but I mean, even if it's just like to be able to have those conversations with, and who would be your person that's alive, and who would be your person who's already passed away? Oh my gosh! Um. Oh, great question. So I'll give I'll give you mine you um, know, while while yeah, you think about me. it. So yeah, I've got so, a couple of ideas. Yeah, of course. 
Well, well, for me, the person who's passed away and he Good. just would have set his the the way he looked at the world and the way he discussed things perfectly fits in JT's mold. And if you know who he is, you'll know exactly why. And that was Jim Mars. And because Jim Mars covered everything, I mean, he's he he wrote the book Crossfire about the JFK assassination. He covered everything from nine eleven to UFOs mm. to I mean, you name it. And so, and Jim Mars was a really humble guy, and he was really down to earth, and he was the type of person that you feel you could just sit down on the porch and have a lemonade or an iced tea with, and just talk about this kind of stuff, and he wouldn't come across as being up himself or, or being super arrogant or anything else. And so for me personally, I think that Jim Mars would have been that perfect person because he wasn't just limited to one specialty. So with UFOs for me, it would be Heineck, but aside from UFOs, I don't know how much J.L. and Heineck really got into, but Jim Mars really dabbled in everything. And then as far as the person who's still alive, I mean, one of the people that's still alive that I always wanted to meet and get a talk to was, was Lionel. And, um, and Lionel wants to come back on the program, like I say. And it's amazing because, um, I mean, this is a guy who has forgotten more about this stuff than, than I'll probably ever know. And so I've, that's one of those, uh, bucket list things that I've definitely already got to do once. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. And there's some other people out there who've done some astounding work, but Jacques Vallée would be one of the people as well, especially in the UFO field. I'd, I mean, if I had the chance to sit down and talk to Jacques Vallée for a few hours, uh, I think my mind might just blow. You know, I might have one of those freaking atom bombs coming out of my head. Oh my gosh. Boy, that is so, that is so tough because like, oh, I've been so out of touch with the, with the UFO world. Oh, can, I mean, there were so many people that I would have things. wanted to talk. I'll tell you, you know, somebody in, in the psychic world that I, who's passed that I would have wanted to spend time with. I kind of consider her a, a person who was, I, I was, I read a lot of her books when I was a kid was Sybil Leek. And she was, um, she was from England and she was a medium. She was an astrologer. She was, you know, she kind of did all the things I do. It's been so fascinating. She's top of mind now because my, a friend of mine is in the, is in that show, The Holzer Files. Right. And they open all of Hans Holzer's cases and Sybil was one of the mediums that he used a lot. And I, I cried the first time I, when I was watching the show because my friend is Cindy, um, Cindy Kaza. And so she, um, dropping names, right? Um, but she, <laughs> I mean, I knew her before she had the show, you know? Yeah. So, so anyway, so I'm watching the show and the first episode that I see, I'm like, like riveted to the TV because I'm so excited about her and Miss Sybil her voice wow. and her, and her presence on the, on the show. And I was just like, oh my God, I, cause I had never heard her voice. Right. And she was one of the, her story and her books and stuff were what really, what I kind of started out reading a long, long, long time ago. Right. Like and me and so, Charles Fort, yeah. Yeah, so so I would say probably past if I was going to be in, in that realm. And and just as far as, like, brilliant minds, oh, my God, there were so many people. Like, I, I was sitting here thinking as you were talking, I'm like, would I want to sit with Bob Lazar? Or have I actually, like, seen all the stuff that I need to see about him? Right. Um, would he be that interesting? Or, like, is he, is he, I, I don't know. And he's still alive, isn't he? Yes. Or did he pass? Yeah, no, he's alive. He's still alive, yeah. Um, he might be somebody that I'd be really interested in sitting with. Of course, in the past, would definitely be somebody like Art Bell. Yes. Thinking of like all the, the guests that he used to have and the people that 
in the UFO world. I think Stanton Friedman. Yes. Um, yeah. I think would be somebody that I would find extremely fascinating, and and also someone that I thought at one point I would really like to be around, and then I got to meet him, and I just kind of felt a little different. I don't know if it was a bad night. Right. Was um, Whitley Strieber. Right. I hear you on Whitley, and again, I look, I, I don't attack people on this show, don't get me wrong, but I know what you're saying, because even in, I've never been anywhere near him, but uh, listening to his appearances on different venues, I get what you're saying, because even with that, sometimes he runs a bit hot and cold. Some interviews, like, he would come across, and I would be like, this really clear, this all making sense. And then sometimes it would be a bit um, different, like you say. So I understand. Yeah, and 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 I, I just kind of left it feeling like, oh, okay, <laughs> like your book. Um, very interesting because I, I was I was trying to remember Stan Friedman. I know that I was really fascinated with him for a long time, and my just forgive me, my memory was kind of blanking but his name his name came up and i just googled him and yes he would definitely be a person that is past that i would want to spend as much time as i could with him and this i find this so interesting he was from new hampshire yeah 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 new england guy i, I just look up yeah yeah i I love the the geniuses the philosopher geniuses <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! Now you got me thinking. I'm going Carl Jung. Give me Carl Jung for like two hours, please. Just well, Carl (laughs) Carl Jung talked quite a bit about paranormal activity and that. Um, Carl Jung and um, also Freud. They yeah, obviously Mm -hmm. they didn't write books about it, but I mean they they're definitely on the record for having. Well, Carl Jung too has such a strong connection to astrology as well. Right. And so, yeah, someone like that. So, yeah, now, 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 my brain is engaged, and I'm going through the list. So, did I come up with live person yet? I yeah. don't think I did. Yeah, no, you, oh, I you, did. Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, like you say, there've been so many brilliant minds, and and like I say to me, Heineck, because uh, one of the things with Heineck that I've always been fascinated by is. Um, his turn, obviously, after the whole swamp gas debacle, and his turn to kind of say they're not treating this seriously. I know he disclosed certain things to certain people, but I do wonder what was locked up in his brain that went to the grave with him that he didn't tell mm. people about. Yeah, you got guys like him, John Keel, obviously, uh, James McDonald. There's, there's been so many of these people who just got eviscerated by the press of the day, yeah. and yet they, they just kept on doing what they did. And like I say, to me, Jacques Vallée as well, because Jacques Vallée has just continued to evolve his thoughts over time. He's not, didn't start out in the 1970s saying, oh, they're all from Zeta Reticuli and say now they're all from Zeta Reticuli. He's evolved his thoughts as new information has become available. And to me, that's what we should do. If we've got new yeah. information, yeah, we, we should always be looking at, is there a possibility of something else? Or, yeah, he would definitely be one of the people. Yeah. I, I hear you with some of these people. I mean, look, I I, I won't say anyone on here, but there have been people that I've, I've reached out to that you would definitely know, like household names. And some of them have been very polite and said, hey, look, not right now, but um, get back. And one of the coolest things is that some of these people, none of them have ever said to me, well, how many downloads do you get or what? They're just like, if you want to have the conversation, that's fine. But then there are some other people that I've been kind of like, I don't know, cold shouldered would be one term. And you just kind of like, well, 
and just like you said, I'm the same. It's like, well, I've always enjoyed this person. I've always enjoyed what they did. So maybe they're just having a bad day, or maybe they get asked 20 mm-hmm. times a day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I won't, I won't take it too personally. And in fact, the next, um, the next interview I put out is a guy from Norway, and he does an excellent program called Forum Borealis that talks about all, I really think you would like that show. You can find it on YouTube, but um, they've also got a website. And he gave in. It was one of those things where we didn't quite connect. Like we kept try, like trying to get in touch with him to sort things out, and it was like lots of misconnections. And in fact, mm-hmm. they got to the point where I was like, oh, maybe I'll just let this drop. And then I'm so glad that I didn't because a lot of it was just kind of like misunderstandings and mistimings. And he gave me so much advice, and that was one of his big things. Yeah. He said, "He said to me, he goes, don't ever take it personal if you don't hear back from someone.' He goes, I know how it is, and I know it can be kind of gutting, but he goes, just sometimes they just feel if they reply to everyone who asks with a like a polite no, they'll never get anything done, so they just ignore them. He just said, just never take it personal if someone doesn't come back to you. Yep. I, I do want to ask you one more thing, and then we'll get into kind of you know your website and everything else because." You've already stayed mm-hmm. another well over another hour, and I really appreciate it because I'm I'm loving this conversation. But I know this you're is like so fun. But I've, I know my brain is starting to go. No, okay. well, well, I, I'm I'm more uh, I'm more feeling for your husband and the cat. They, they, the Did cat you hear? Is, yeah. Did you hear? My the husband come in and the cat screaming at him. Yeah. yeah. But one of the questions is. Um, how did you choose Astro Girl 12 as your, uh, as your, you know, nom de plume or however you want to say it? Yeah. Um, well, the Astro Girl, it, I don't, it just, you know, now that I think about it, how did I get to Astro Girl? I think I just wanted something that was kind of short. I think I had been using it for a while. Like I started writing horoscope columns like back in, in the nineties. Right. And it may have been one of my names that, that I used back then. And then the twelve, um, I had to have a number <laughs> because <laughs> of the interwebs. And right. so um but the twelve was twelve of course is a very significant number. Right. Um to me it was like the twelve signs, twelve houses and 12 steps and recovery okay. programs and okay. so yeah so it just kind of it just kind of fit because when i was setting up the website astro girl at that point there was a magazine called astro girl i think it uh that, that came out around that time too so i, I had to have something to so the, but the number it just kind of made sense and the whole thing has just been you know i've had it for like years and years now and it just fits it's actually become like people people call me astro girl <laughs> it's like you know like you know when i go on tv and stuff they're like oh we have astro girl here you know, right, it's like, right. and like don't forget the 12 um <laughs> so, so you know and then the little character that that's on the website that was uh designed by uh had done my original one of my original websites many many years ago and i've just kept it because i just love it it's oh, so cute yeah. i'm such a jetsons fan you know yeah Got, yeah, yeah. so yeah and, and that's why i was just curious because i know i mean it's like me the, the first email that i set up i mean there's there's a, that i've had for years and years and years there's a bit of a story behind it so i know usually with these things you know there's there's a bit of a backstory and you yeah. did mention before that twelve is one of your um, one of your numbers, so, so that definitely yeah. makes sense. Your website, like the amount of things that you do, it, <laughs> it is it is amazing. You are a true Renaissance woman, and so Insane. why don't you yeah why don't you tell the listeners a bit about what you do, what you offer, and how they can get in touch with you? Okay, um, well my my website is Astro Girl Twelve. And, and it is loaded with all kinds of things. You can, and you can book online. Of course, obviously I'm doing remote meetings and all that stuff. So everything is there under like work with me. 
I do uh, what are called, you know, just psychic readings. I have different lengths of time that you can book. And, uh, and of course, I use astrology and tarot in, in those psychic readings. And then I also offer mediumship readings, pet mediumship. I do specialized astrology readings, uh, things like um, synastry, which is couples readings, children's charts. I love doing those. Those are so much fun. There's a whole selection of different things that I do. And all, you could just you could spend days on my website. It is yeah, so right. heavy with stuff. Um, I've got a massive amount of media and shows and blogs yeah, and things yeah. that I've done and things. If you want to hear, I, I've got uh, I, I've done 24 episodes of. I guess what everybody's calling it a podcast, but it was actually a, a live radio show that I did here in Nashville on Hippie Radio for um, for like 24 yeah. weeks. I yeah, did I it. saw that and yeah, wasn't I wasn't really thinking about it as a podcast, but that's what you know everybody calls it. Oh, I just need a podcast. So <laughs> you know, so this if you're wondering who I am, what I do, and you're still curious after all we've talked about tonight just cruise through the website guys there's there's, F there's an FAQ page it'll tell you all about it answers a ton of questions I really am very like conscious of putting out there everything that you need to know for several reasons one that people just want to know who I am and what I do and see that and I've got over 200 reviews on the website it's it's crazy full of stuff. And I have, I also have a weekly horoscope that you can sign up for for free and a newsletter that comes out, ooh, roughly every month. <laughs> More like every two months these days. I really gotten off schedule this last year um but there's there's lots of ways to engage and a lot of ways to find out things about me and learn things about yourself on the website um classes that you can sign up for all kinds of things so um so just go there and and the reason i, I really want to two reasons why i have so much out there is because so people will know who I am, what I do, and see that this is not like your typical little scammy chick down the road right, who picked up right. tarot cards last week. And also, because I'm so busy doing readings all day, I can't always sit on the phone and chat with you. So please be aware of that and just understand that, you know, when you go to the website. It's as self-service as possible. If you have questions, certainly email me or call me. But, but yeah, it's it's really got everything out there that you could want to know. So. And, and that way, when I'm with you in your session, I'm with you. I, I don't have, you know, I'm not distracted by phone calls and, and things like that. So, although I do have an assistant that takes a lot of that stuff anyways, but um, Lori's my assistant. If you, if you have questions, sometimes she's the one that will get back to you as well. So, and she is amazing. I have the most amazing VA. Oh, I love her. So that's all, like, that's just all about me and my website and things you can find there and play on there and do and so you can even there's even a link to get a free chart I and mean, all kinds of stuff out there yeah I, I was blown away just just looking at your website i mean not only the website itself and everything that you offer but but like i say what you've done i mean again i i can't know what it's like it's it, it's like in my world right it's like podcasting anyone can be a podcaster and i get that no they can't yeah if it, it, look fair enough but i mean anyone can throw something up on anchor do one episode and say i'm a podcaster so i do realize especially in fields like when you're talking about mediumship uh anything to do with once you start talking about mediumship and psychic 
abilities at all, then immediately people are like, it's a scam, it's a scam. Not everyone, mm. but I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas when you're talking about, you can say horoscopes and you can say tarot or for inter entertainment, but once you start going down mediumship and that, and so I respect anyone who has got the courage to say, well, I'm not just going to stick to this to play it safe. When I saw your profile on the, the pod match or whatever it was that we looked at, I was just blown away. I was just like, wow. I'd been wanting to have someone on for a while who's, who's in this field. I, I mean, I was just blown. When I saw that, I was like, wow, this is like a dream guest because you are so, you've done so much. You're so well-spoken. And also, as you were saying to me, you come across as very genuine. And that's what I love because, again, I'm about having this platform for genuine people. If I have someone on who like wants to plug their book every five minutes, I know they're not the right person for me. There's always room for the guests to, of course, talk about what, but if someone is just constantly, oh, if you want to know, read my book. If you want to know, read my book. It's like, okay, so this is a paid yeah, commercial by Bob <laughs> of Johnson. Of all the things uh, I yeah. have and I've done, I don't have a book. <laughs> well, well, ironically enough, that that's how this started for me. I sat down with the intention of writing a book because it's on my bucket list. And with me, I always overcomplicate things. It's never like, here, I'll just write a simple book. It's like I just start writing it and start getting into it, and it just like becomes a bigger and bigger ball of twine. And then I said, oh, then I heard about podcasting and started looking into it a bit, and I was like, that might be a better outlet, at least in the short term. I'm so glad that I did decide to pursue it. I am too. You, you, this has really been fun. This has really been awesome. Well, look, I'll definitely be looking at, uh, look, I, I, there's definitely some of those offerings that you have that I definitely want to book. It's just a matter of uh, juggling the accounts, as the saying goes, but I'll definitely be, um, there'll be things there that I'll be very keen to book in with you. And of course, I mean, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, look, I just appreciate you taking the time to be on, and I'll make sure that you know when this comes out. And I always put the links to everything in the show notes as well. I mean, not everyone's like some people, obviously they might be driving and okay, I can remember Astro Girl 12 rather than trying to click a link on my phone while I'm trying <laughs> to drive. So, so I kind of do both. That's why I always say to the guests, say it verbally. And then also I always have links in the show notes to, to everything so they can go and follow it there. And it, look, it has been an absolute honor to have you on. I know I made the right choice of all the people to have in this field. I mean, it's, it's been an awesome, astounding interview, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll have you back at some point soon. I thank you so much for everything. It is this has really been a joy. It has. It's just, and I'm just, I, I'm thrilled to meet you. Yeah, new friend, new BFFs. That's there it. we go. That's it. For <laughs> For sure. And, and uh, yep. any, anyone else who's been on the program, I'm sure they tell you the same. I mean, everyone I've had on, almost all of them, like especially the people that are on social media, we're always messaging each other and saying, see an article that sings out Susie and I'll say, have you seen this or have you checked out this? <laughs> or, so, um, yeah, it, look, it is it is awesome. Yeah, I have now followed you on all your socials, so <laughs> you're awesome. not getting rid of me. <laughs> Oh, all, my, all good. And, uh, my cat, I think my cat wants to be on an episode. My God, he's just so mouthy. Well, he gets so excited when my husband gets home. <laughs> that's, that, that said, I, I, like I said, I haven't had one for many years, but I do remember what it's like. And um, yeah, is it, I always love it when people say, oh, cats are so standoffish. It's like, oh, not if you've got the right one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, well, thanks oh, for JT, this so has late. been yeah. so fun. Thank you again so much, and I will. I'll, I'm sure I'll be talking to you on socials. Uh, of course, so. and, and and give give your husband my apologies. Um, oh, my, no, he's 
I had gone He's to fun. work, she she came up and she tapped on the door. I just told her, just text me. So I told her, sorry, I'm getting, uh, she, she just she needed some money to get gas. So I was like, yeah, all good. I'll, I'll put it in the uh, I'll put it in the account for you. So no no problem. She like I say, she's really supportive and she fully she 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 understands. I always tell her ahead of time when I'm having an interview because I don't want to be in a, uh, things like that or yeah. one thing, but I just don't want like interrupted to say uh, a letter is here or something. And then like yeah. you say, then then we forget what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, my husband's the same way. He's so good. He'll just he'll just kind of stand in the if he's leaving, you know, he knows I want to say goodbye to him, so he'll just kind of <laughs> stand in the doorway and look like you call me now, okay? You know, <laughs> and uh. But yeah, he's yeah he's used to my crazy now. He's he's had fourteen years of it. So, <laughs> hey hey, look, you can't replace me. That's the same with us. No. We, we've been together seventeen. We've been together seventeen years, and we give each other grief. But um, at the end of the day, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've been we've been married. It'll be twenty in December wow. for us. Awesome. Yeah. So right. well, you, you. I don't want to hold you up any good, longer because I know you got All a right. cat waiting to eat, and probably, probably your <laughs> husband as well. But uh, yeah, he's. I can hear him <laughs> foraging in the kitchen. <laughs> so. All right, you take care, and thank you again. It has been a blast. You're a wonderful, wonderful host. Thank you. Thank, thank you and, for uh, your kind words, Susie. I do appreciate <laughs> it. And, uh, I'll we'll, talk we'll talk to you soon. soon. Take care. Okay. Bye.